Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast and after England destroying Ukraine 4-0, it's got to be coming home soon. We've got a different kind of format for the podcast this week. We're going to talk to a guest instead of Mark because Mark sadly can't make it. So we're going to talk to Ange, as we all know well from the podcast and from all other things Stoke City. Me and Ange are going to go through many topics, mainly about the transfer window, obviously about England winning Euro 2020. And we're also going to go through who we would keep and who we would let go of what's left and how happy we are on the transfer window so far. So, so sit back, get a brew if you need something else, a drink stronger maybe, go get it. And enjoy. Hello, Ange. How are you today? Very good, thanks. And yourself? I'm, I'm good. I'm great. I'm great. After yesterday, did you watch the game? Yeah, I certainly did. It was actually my birthday yesterday, so it was the best present of the lot. No offence to the family. A happy birthday to you Thank as well. You. So I can't believe that result. Is, is it coming home? I've, we've got that feeling in the country now. <laughs> it's been coming home for God knows how long, but I actually do think it will come home this time. I think. I've got this sneaking suspicion, like most people, it'll be Italy that'll be in the final, whoever between us and Denmark gets through, and I actually think England can do it. I truly do. I mean, watching them last night as well, it seems like we're improving in the group stages, or not the group stages, the knockouts, which it's never happened before in my lifetime. It's always been, did well in the group stages, then sort of fall apart once they beat a good side in, in the knockouts. I mean, we've knocked out Germany. First time since 1966, and I tell you what, the the Scottish and the Welsh and the Irish pages have all gone quiet now. Yeah, it's nice to see for for the first time for a long time that the lot of these players in this in this squad happen to look like decent young men who who care about the supporters, and I think that's why um, if you're going to congratulate Southgate on anything, you congratulate him on how he's got a a really good team spirit in, in an England side, almost like a club side, and it'd be quite nice if Michael O'Neill can do that at Stoke. Yeah, uh, well, actually, we'll, we'll drive in because the last two podcasts have mainly been England focused, so I'm glad to bring it back to Stoke. I mean, there's been a hell of a lot of outgoings and ingoings, well, not so much ingoings, but there's been a lot of the dead wood that's actually gone for good now. There's a lot of positivity around Stoke at the moment. The season tickets have had a big effect on that as well. Can we start dreaming, or is it again a bit too early to start dreaming? For Stoke, I think it's a bit too early to start dreaming, but if, if you're looking at where I thought Stoke would be at this moment in time with the dead wood, I mean, Afobi, Bauer and Woods have gone. Etebo's got to go. I think Gregory and Vokes have also got to go. So if you look at what's left at the dead wood, of the, of the extreme dead wood, shall we say, um, 50% of it have gone now. Of, of, of You know, three have gone of the last six. Uh, the only downside, of course, is that um, with financial fair play, we've had to get rid of Collins. And I think that's a, a great sadness because he undoubtedly was, is going to be a top-class player. Well, I agree with that. I mean, to, to be honest, you actually called it as well last season when we, I think it was the final match show we talked to you and you did actually say, out of all the good young players, you think Collins is the one to go. I mean, I, I don't mind Collins going, but I think this 2005 price tag is what's really snagged me and a lot of the Stoke fans. Now, if that was a bit high, well, just a 20 million plus, something like that, I don't think I would have minded him going if it was a reasonable fee for the nowadays market. But the thing is, um, we will never know what the fee is. We'll only know what is we're supposed to know for 
uh, Stokes accounting purposes. Uh, my belief is that there's a very hefty sell-on clause, and my belief is that there's quite a big clause for uh, caps and, and hitting other markers. So I think if, if he does what we're all expecting to do, it'll be considerably more than the £12 million that's been quoted. But when you've got a young player like that, and, and, and you p- people of my age will know that we've seen the Hudsons, the Greenoffs, the Thorns, the Kavanaghs, we've seen players, the Steens, you can go on and on. We've seen players being sold that then gone on and done great things for the most part. And it would have been nice for Collins to have done it at Stoke. But people, the reason I said what I said that I thought he would he would go is because people were sniffing around him last season. And if you tell a young lad you've got a chance of playing in the Premier League, unless he's born and bred in Stoke and, and absolutely mad on Stoke, then they're going to go. Because your wages is going to go up. Uh, going to a club like Burnley, you probably are going to stay in the Premier League. You've got a good chance of playing every week. You can't blame somebody for going at, at that stage, although it's a very sad loss for Stoke. If I had to say who I would have kept at this moment in time, though, I would have kept Suter because Suter was playing in his rightful position and Collins was playing as a fullback. So uh, I'm trying to look for silver linings on a, on a big cloud here but uh, it's difficult well it is you know when you lose a player that's that highly rated from very young age as well I mean let's be honest Man United were tipped to try and get him before he even kicked the ball professionally as well so there's obviously a lot of high hopes I mean Suti a lot of people didn't give him chance they said he was too tall he would be too slow for the get of the modern game and he's completely proved them wrong the youth academy has it's, it's really impressing me at the moment and to be honest I, I'm not I'm not sort of looking down bit at Stoke at the moment because like I say yeah we've still got Bauer to go we've still got Etabo to go and Sam Vokes I think looks like it's on the verge of a move to Sunderland till the end of the season there, there is I mean Gregory I think Huddersfield have, have been sniffing round these players might all be gone by the end of this window and if we if we do that then I'm very happy with the board even with the sell of Collins and not. Yeah, and I think that's the way you've got to look at it. If, if, you're, if you're being realistic from the financial point of view, we've talked financial fair play to death, I've talked it to death on your podcast too, but if you're now being hard-nosed and looking at parachute payments this season, then you've got Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Cardiff and Huddersfield with fair play um, payments, sorry, with parachute payments, and Huddersfield are using theirs to pay off the debt. So of those six, five probably should stand out to be able to purchase players to get them back up. Now, you look at Fulham, I mean, they're going to be there or thereabouts, whatever their manager is. West Brom, I think, will be shrewd enough to be up and there. Sheffield United had the worst season you ever would have imagined last year, and I can't see them not doing it. Bournemouth are a tough act anyway. Cardiff, I hope they don't, (laughs) and that's all I'm saying. (laughs) And others feel they don't think they can, paying off the debt. So if you look at, there's five clubs there in front of us, in the queue for anybody that you want to buy. But then you look at the players Stoke have purchased, uh, and we've got just taking the guy from, from Norwich who, um, you know, he, he's, he's already signed and he, he's, he's going to be a... He, you always tend to judge people by what the previous fans have said, and I haven't seen a bad word said about him on the Norwich message board. He's got a cracking left foot, he scores goals, uh, he takes good free kicks... Um, he's going to be a great addition to the midfield. I don't think he, he'll play uh, where people are thinking he's going to play. I think he'll play deeper. But when you when you look, if I can just go through the players we've got at the moment, if you don't mind. We've, yeah, we've got Persic and Davis and Bonham as goalkeepers. Now, the one thing that I'll say 
about the goalkeeping situation is we did have a loan goalkeeper who's now gone back to Norwich and I think that's one of the best bit of businesses yeah. we've done <laughs> yeah, this window. Yeah. Right? Now, Bursic and Davis are obviously going to be fighting for, for the number one spot and I think at the start Davis may have it but I don't think it's going to be too long before Bursic comes over and then you've got the, the third keeper which obviously Michael O'Neill wanted and I don't think he's a slouch either. And then, if I went through what my best team would be at the moment, I'd have Bursic or Davies, I'd have Smith, uh, the new guy Wilmot, who we haven't spoke about yet, Suter and Fox. Then you've got Alfie Doughty, who we've not seen play. Joe Allen, who I still think might go, despite the fact that Michael O'Neill's saying he wants him to stay. Then we've got the guy from Norwich, uh, I think it's Ratchich, the Vrantich, real name is Powell. Um, Campbell, but Campbell won't be fit till at least the end of August, and I, I think I'm being optimistic there. And Fletcher, so so we're we're a bit light on quality after that. Um, you've got oh, you've got uh, Thompson, you've got Tashan Oakley Booth, you've got Tyman. Um, we need more pace. We definitely need a right back, and we need a, a backup striker at least. And I'm sure he's looking for those positions. But when you look at that team I've read out, which, um, again, I'll say Bursic or Davis, Smith, Wilmot, Suter, Fox, Doughty, Joe Allen, Rashic, Powell, Campbell, when he's fit, Fletcher, with backups of Thompson, Tashin Oakley Booth and Tymon. And that's not talking about the young lads who've, who've, who've come through another few games. That team should still more than hold its own in the championship. But then there's things like injuries, loss of form to come through, and there's no doubt in my mind that we need a new right back. We need probably more pace up front, out wide, and we definitely need another backup striker. Now, if you look at the money we got for Collins, and let's say it was 12 million, they won't have got all of that up front. So let's say they've got four mil to spend, and I'm, I'm just picking this as the amount. Let's say they've got four mil of that money to spend. That does not get you anything other than bargain basements and first and second division people that you're looking to bring through. It's a big ask to get a right back, a backup striker and more pace in, in the width for four million. So he's got his work cut out, but having looked at how Stoke have got rid of the players they got rid of, and if Etebo, Gregory and Vokes join Bauer, Woods and Afobi on the way out, then, then there's a chance they can do business. Well, yeah, I mean... you covered a lot of good ground there I mean the first choice yes it is sound I think it'll be a team that can survive in the championship I mean Mario Vrancic is a very good signing I mean I've been speaking to a lot of Norwich fans well I say a lot too and both of them have said that he's a magnificent midfielder they're, they're actually shocked that they've let him go the, the rumours are they've only let him go because of his age because they want to try and bring Billy Gilmore in on loan it's the only reason why they've let him go and that, for me, is a real positive sign. I mean, if we look at the signings that are coming in now compared to before, when we look at before, which I'm sick of doing, but, you know, we got Etophobia who was in Rocky Four, we got Woods who was in a bit of Rocky Form, and Klukas wasn't playing for, was it Swansea, I think, at the time, or Hull, I can never remember where they were playing. But the thing is, the, the, the signings we're bringing in now, and I mean, we've been heavily linked now to Dion Charles, ahead of Forrest and Derby who are also in financial problems and we're the only one with a little bit of money at the moment so I mean he scored 19 goals last season I think mean, he's only 22 that's he, that's exactly what we're crying out for we've been crying out for for years at Stoke I mean if he can carry that f form up there then and have Fletcher as a backup striker for him then you never know really absolutely 
absolutely not. And the reason I didn't mention Klukas is I thought he started to look back to his best when he came in at the end of the season. But he's he's been very injury prone. And, and, and when you get to a certain age, I think an injury start catching up with you. I think he might be in and out of player this season. But if Joe Allen does go, which everybody's saying that Michael O'Neill doesn't want him to go, but play, other people are saying they think he will go, then obviously Klukas will come in and, and slot in in that position. But you are right. You, you, you're right in everything you say. I mean, we have got a bit of money. Um, in some ways, Michael O'Neill might be better off having to go for these these people that you're mentioning, the, the up-and-comings, the, the youngsters who, who want to prove it, who are hungry and are moving forward. I mean, a lot of people have discounted Jordan Thompson. And I think Jordan Thompson has done really well considering how much he cost us. And then we haven't even mentioned players like Rabbi Matondo and Jack Clark coming back. I don't think Clark will be back. I'm not sure about Matondo. But there's other players like that that Stoke are looking at. I understand that they're looking at a couple of... Uh, Premier League young strikers too but they'll come at quite a hefty loan price I think and um, Michael O'Neill knew what he was getting into when he came to the football club and I think he'll do uh, as well as anybody if he has to go into the bargain basement Well I mean to be honest I think it's like I think at times we've got to sort of follow the Brentford model and the Norwich model if we want to be different from everybody else where the analytics comes in and we get players that are in form like that Charles who's plays at Accrington made a big name for himself and wants to move on because Accrington are never going to make it up to the top two divisions unless something miraculous happens that's the kind of player for me we need to go for you know like Peterborough seemed to do the same thing as soon as a good young player in non-league or the bottom tier starts scoring goals they bring him in and then just feed him on and then sell him for 8-9 million to a Brentford or whoever to bring the money back in and I don't mind that model because the problem is with Stoke is that because we've been so badly run for such a long time I think it's finally the the pennies dropped and a, and a new system has come in place I could tell that because who we've been linked to I mean we've been linked to Roy Delapslad again that's the third time here in the last couple of months we've been linked to him now he's I don't think he's played a professional game but maybe as a third choice we can get him on a loan because there won't be an hefty price for him because he's never kicked a ball so that for me is a clever bit of business as well to get a young striker that's got a link to the club anyway because of his dad and, and his dad's still at the club anyway and because I think he's still a coach at, at Stoke. So, you know, that that's cr- incredible business because the forward line for me is the most important thing to fix now because it could, it, like somebody said to me years, you, you can go from bottom to top if you have two good goal scorers. And he is completely right. I mean, if, if Dion Charles does come in from Accrington and it's 19 goals this season, that could be a difference between finishing 12th and 5th. That's that's the thing of it. And it's it's something that we've got to look at if we've got the money available. I agree. And when we're talking about young, hungry players, uh, I was uh, very surprised to see how quickly Stoke moved to, I won't say replace, because... Obviously, Collins is more of a centre-half than a right-half, but we signed Ben Wilmot on a four-year deal. I think it's going to end up at being around £2 million, that, although the fee was unreported. Um, and he's got great potential, and he's got experience of the Championship. The thing that I like about Michael O'Neill more than anything is that it seems that when he gets in front of players, they want to sign for him, because there was a lot of other clubs, if you read, if you believe everything you read, who um, 
who wanted him and he picked us. I'm sure that Michael O'Neill will pull out a few more gems, but we haven't seen Alfie Doughty play yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you're looking at, we lack pace so much. I mean, we haven't said anything about John Obi McKell going. Um, and personally, I, I felt his legs had virtually gone at the end of last season. But the influence he had off the pitch was just as important to the club as the influence he had on the pitch. And if you're going for this guy from Norwich who's 32, then you'd like to think he's he's got a little bit more legs. He may not have much more legs, but he's a bit younger. So everything's uh, everything's moving in the right direction. And uh, Wilmot's saying all the right things. He said he was buzzing to sign for Stoke. He was looking for a big season ahead. Um, you know, he, he was very excited by what the manager had said. So maybe we're starting to get back on that upward curve. But I don't think we're out of the woods yet because you only need um, a couple of big injuries with the squad we've got. There isn't a great deal of depth in it. No, that is that is one of the big problems at the moment. I mean, I think that's where Michael O'Neill talks about free transfers and, and um, loans to maybe bolster the squad just in case. Because, of course, we had horrific injuries but next season isn't as like two times a week you know two games a week every every week like it was last season so hopefully that'll take its toll I mean Ben Wilmot for me is a fantastic signing I've, I've got to be honest with the price we've got him for for everything that I've read about him Swansea fans that I spoke to said that they just can't understand why they haven't bought him because to be honest Swansea came down with no debts they've used their um, parachute payments to pay off the debts and but they're now out of it and can spend again but their owners aren't so again we have to see how lucky we are to have the coach family because if at the point where we come out of debt I know they'll spend so I think getting Wilmot in is is a good replacement and it eased eased the Stoke fans from a big loss of Collins by going oh but we've got this young lad in who's only a year older and he's he's had a great season with Swansea pretty much was first choice all the way through Watford only let go because he got promoted and didn't think he was quite ready and he wanted to play football which is exactly what we want players yeah. that want to play don't want to go I'll tell you what I'll sit on Watford's bench for three years no he, what, he goes no I won't go to a Premier League club I'll go to Stoke because they'll play me and I'll get football and I can progress and become a good player and then in, in a season's time two seasons we might have not, not remember who Nathan Collins is no, that, that's right, and and hopefully, no disrespect to Nathan Collins, uh, we don't, but I think it's now 18 players that have gone since Michael O'Neill came, um, and five players have gone this transfer window, obviously Collins was the big money sale, we've got a phobia on a loan deal, and um, we've, got, we've had two arrivals, and, and there's still a month to go. Um, but you look back at um, why we're in this position, and I know everybody blames the CEO, yeah, I know yeah. they do, and that's everybody's right. But, you know, Gary Rowett spent the best part of £58 million. Pounds. Yeah, it's more, really. Yeah, um, yeah if you, but it's just, you know, 37 players were on the books in, I think it was November of, of, last, of 19. 37 players, and they were talking about, if you remember, the changing room wasn't big enough to get everybody in, and that's why they were putting people out on loan. Um Lassie, Lassie Sorensen is back now too I don't know what do you think about Lassie Sorensen breaking through um, well I was impressed with it I think it was the last match of the season in the Premier League once it where he actually played on the right hand side but I think Michael O'Neill's mentioned this about quite a few young players that we've had that have had real promise where we've kept them in the youth system way too long 
instead of getting them out on loan. And I'm just wondering if, from everything I've read and everything I've looked up, he's not really ripped up trees where he is. Um, no. That's the problem I have with Lasse Sorensen. Maybe another loan spell, see if he can progress. But I think once they hit that 23 mark, if they aren't anywhere near your team, you let him go for the good of their career as well as yours. Because that's what happened to Julian Ngoy, where he had one loan spell, didn't really work out, and then we just left him in his youth team for two years. And he just yeah. rotted and faded away. I mean... To be honest, like I say, with Sorensen, one more year, probably on loan, maybe to a League Two side. I mean, Vale would be great for this. I mean, if we could get some kind of partnership with Vale so we don't have to, you know, move them all over the country every year. We could actually move them somewhere local. Because let's be honest, I mean, Sorensen would walk in that Vale side because I, I couldn't name a midfielder there. So, you know, I think a, a good partnership like that would come in. Yeah, I don't mind where they go so long as they get experience. But, you know, you're talking about players leaving and Kevin Wimmer was much maligned in his time at Stoke. Whether it's right or wrong um, is irrelevant. But he supposedly ripped up his contract to finally join Rapid uh, Vienna, was it? Wherever he's gone. Yeah, Rapid Vienna. Uh, and he's been four years on Stoke's books and um, he didn't feature for, what, over, th over three and a half of them, but... Everybody else, I mean, we've not mentioned Tom Inch yet. Everybody else has sort of been prepared to sit on their contracts and uh, just wait for Stoke to pay them up or something to come along. And I dare say some of these players have gone. Stoke have contributed something extra to the wages because players won't move. I mean, Liam Lindsay, I felt he's gone to Preston. He never caused any trouble. It didn't work out for him. Um, and then you go back to, to Gary Rowett and Gary Rowett must be laughing all the way to the bank he had Ryan Wood on, Woods on loan offers for the best part of two years now he's got a phobie and these are loads of lumber that he sorry that's wrong but I think they're loads of lumber yeah it is true that yeah, he signed yeah. for Stoke <laughs> and then you get poor old Jordan Cousins who never wasn't the greatest player in the world yeah, but did a job for yeah. us and because of financial fair play he had to go we couldn't renew his contract so we know back, if you don't mind me moving it on to, Powell hasn't signed a contract yet. What will happen about that? And will we keep somebody like Tom Ince? Well, I mean, there is there is a few players that I like the look of. And to be honest, I think I, I can't judge Liam Lindsay because I don't think he got a fair crack. No, you I know? agree. And to be honest, I would have preferred him to keep it hold of Chester in many ways. I don't mind James Chester. I'm not throwing him under the bus. But it seems like... A bit of an X-factor moment with James Chester at the end of the season where it's like, you're staying, no, you're gone. It, 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 it's like one year on, on year. And I, I've never been massively impressed with Chester. There's been little spells where I've gone, yeah, there's there's something there, but there's, there's not enough there for me to go, keep him definitely. For me, when we've got a player like Lindsay, who, who impressed it on his loan spell at Preston, again, he, he played pretty much every game from the moment he joined and they were that desperate to keep hold of me for me that would have been an indication to Michael O'Neill going right let's give this lad one more go we'll let Chester go and find out where he wants to go and we'll give Lindsay another go because he's young he must be hungry because he was desperately of the club if he wasn't going to play which means he's got what it, what it takes so for me I am a bit gutted about Liam Lindsay but the other players like I agree I have finally with Kevin Vimmer because you mentioned Kevin Vimmer I have got a bit of respect for him because he finally did go yeah um, I'll cut my contract then I'll go you don't need to pay me I'll, I'll do it myself so a final bit of credit for him not much because he was an absolute waste of time but 
at least he did something at the end. And Tom Hintz, yeah. Tom Hintz, there's a player in Tom Hintz as well, which is a but shame. He's never, he's never shown it at Stoke, in my opinion. No, he hasn't. He's shown glimpses again. It's glimpses. And this is what happens when you buy players that are out of form. Like we bought him from Huddersfield where he failed as a cam, didn't play on the right. And then on the right, and to be fair, for a, probably about a, at a month period, he looked our best player under, under Gary Rowett. But then it faded. And yeah. for me, if an offer came in and we can get rid, then you just do it, don't you? Just just get rid. At the end of the day, I know we've got a bit of money now with Nathan Collins coming in, but I think we've got a lot of other players that are worth money in the future. And yeah, Tom Hintz has got to go for me. If it's a loan or get rid of him permanent, then the best way. I mean, somebody must want to pay 800 grand for Tom Hintz, surely. Well, Luton didn't. Well, yeah, true, yeah. You know, and the manager that... Um was singing his praises that Luton doesn't want him, the fans don't want him. But you talk about Chester, I guess he's got the experience and Michael O'Neill likes him. And you haven't mentioned Danny Bart yet. He's another player we've got with experience that will come in and try and do a job for you if necessary. Well, I mean, Danny Bart's again is one of those players that at times he gets stuck and treacled onto it Danny Bart he's a player that again I, in this moment in time because of FFP we've got to be realistic we can't let you know, Danny Bart and Chester go because then we've got a, a, a defence of kids, basically. You do, you do need a bit of experience. So, for me, Danny Bart, yeah, I would keep him. I would keep yeah. him, but in my opinion, I don't think he'd be fir- first choice unless we played three at the back. Because for me, it's it's Wilmot and Suter all day long, but if we're playing three at the back and Michael O'Neill goes in that weird, crazy system he goes on, which we haven't got the players for, then Danny Bart goes in the middle of that three. But, like I say, like, like you've just said, experience, you can't go wrong with Danny Bart. No, but next summer, you know, if, if we're having a conversation in a year's time, we won't have anything to talk about other than the dozen or so we're out of contract because uh, that's going to be a real watershed moment for the football club because we've been, we're still now haunted by the dreadful recruitment. And it, there's, there's nothing more than saying it was dreadful from 200 and, 2017 to 2019. I can't think of much good we bought then. But you've got a bit of room to manoeuvre now that um, we've got rid of Collins, even though none of us wanted that to happen. But you look at the number of senior players that trained with the under-23s last season, and that stopped the under-23s who who always want to impress. They always want to get... get a chance to train in front of O'Neill and that won't happen this season hopefully because there'll be so few of them left and then you look at who came through you've got Eddie Jones who's a really good left back Adam Porter who's done well in midfield and we all know that Will Forrester he had a great scoring debut didn't he on his on um, his start at Bournemouth I think that was the last game of the season wasn't it yeah yeah, and, yeah. yeah and he scored that great goal and, and now there's more and more players coming through from the under 23s which we tend to we tend to look at as a free hit, but some of these players cost money, and running the um, academy costs money. But it's beginning to work now, and and more and more of the players are coming through from that. So I, I think that O'Neill, if he gets us through this sticky patch, which he's he did, where we were almost going to be relegated, we fell apart in the second half of last season, and he'll have learned from that with the injuries. He'll, he'll know more than ever what he needs and I, I still say no matter what happens this the remainder of this transfer window we have to get a right back in oh that's that for, there's two positions for me that are key this season well te- technically three but I think we can live without the third 
right back and holding midfield are absolutely key in this yeah. render for me because we tried John Obi McCall there and it just didn't work I mean to be honest John Obi McCall I'm, I'm glad he's gone because I was not the greatest fan I didn't mind him in central midfield but when we put him as a holding midfielder it was a nightmare you could see his legs had gone he couldn't keep up and it was a failure but for me those positions are key if we can get a good holding midfielder and it'll change the complete dynamic of how we play I mean the rumours are that Benjamin Mendy's been let go by Leicester and if there's any possibility we want to go up I'd say use the free wages that we've got from players leaving and chuck it on him for me right back right back I think to be honest it's a shame because obviously we've lost Collins so now that opens up a position because I think a fully fit Collins would play the entire season there at right back so yeah me too um, Tommy Smith I just don't rate too inconsistent it's the reason why Huddersfield let him go another bit of bad business like this time though we could only blame Jones but like I say as a, a stopgap or injury he does fit the bill well, it's, it depends what system as well yeah I, I think strike is the third most important but you could sort of stopgap that with a loan or a free transfer you could sort of get away with that to an extent but like I say they are the most free important I think holding midfielder can completely change the way we play yeah no I agree and then of course coming back from loan next season you'd think that Tom Edwards would be back because he seems to have got his head together I know he's playing in the MLS and people don't rate it but I think he'll be back um, with a case to prove and um, if you if you just go through the list of people that have left since O'Neill came in um it would be quite bizarre that one would come back and be a local lad and push yourself back into the starting lineup. But that again is a is a year is a year away, you know. And we haven't mentioned Bruno Martins Indy. What oh, do you yeah, think's gonna happen with him? See, I love Bruno. It was only when he was on loan. When he came permanently, <laughs> I never rated him when he was permanently. I know he's going. Um Throughout all the rumours and reports of hearing he's going back Holland, it's just a matter of getting a deal sorted. So I don't think we'll be seeing Indy long. I think he will go. I think Stoke will do a deal so they can so he can go back to Altmar on a permanent basis. I think that one will be done or alone. But he, I don't think he'll be at Stoke much. It's a shame, really, because I, I, like I said, I've always liked him. He, he never kicked up a fuss, even when he had to play left back in the Championship. He was never, you know, kicking off or or causing any trouble and if he goes he goes with my best wishes I think he was good for Stoke for a point yeah I agree but you look at the experience Stoke have got and um, I agree with you Tommy Smith's not my uh, idea he's too inconsistent so you look at the experience you've got Davies who's experienced Danny Barr uh, Tommy Smith's experience Suter Josh Tymon I don't think we know what his best position is no, but no. I think Josh Tymon will do a job for Stoke and then you've got Joe Allen and Klukas. Uh, there is another one that um, we're going to have to cover, which we haven't yet, and that is the German liking James McLean. Oh, it's time now. <laughs> <laughs> he's going home, he's going home, James, yeah. he's going home. It, it's, um, it's time now. He was, he was non-existent last season. The season before he was brilliant, don't get me wrong, he was player of the season and in my opinion didn't deserve it, I thought Lucas deserved it, but yeah, if if anyone comes in with a bid, Celtic hopefully, because I think, I think he'd suit Celtic perfectly. <laughs> if he went to Celtic tomorrow, I think I think finally he's got the club that suits him more than anyone else, unless it's maybe Shamrock or... Yeah, Shamrock Rovers, isn't it? The, the thing is that I do. I, I've liked James McLean for the past because he, he is a grafter. He is, you know, a, a poor man's Jonathan Walters. And 
to be honest, I think time's come now. He's no younger. I know he's still got two years left on his contract, but yeah, time go for me. I don't think he'll play for Stoke again unless we're in desperate trouble. I think he's he's burnt a few bridges with the management team for whatever reason. He's one of these people that feeds off controversy and he, he, he likes to be controversial, I think. And Yeah, he's every right to wear a German shirt. I just mentioned that because it was the thing that had been most in people's eyes and, and he isn't English and he doesn't have to support England. But um, I'm a firm believer that if you don't support somebody or the country that you're earning your money in you keep that quiet yeah basically um, yeah and I, and I think he's um, I think he's burnt his bridges at Stoke and I would agree with you he's been a grafter I'd also agree with you that I'd have given it to Lucas that year Powell I do think he'll sign eventually Campbell well I just hope he gets back to where he is and, and there's always going to be a big if about that but he's running again and people say it will be the end of August It would. it's clear it was a very difficult injury so Hopefully, he'll get the time to sort himself out and, and come back. Sam Vokes has to be uh, oh, the worst bit of business that I've seen at Stoke um, for many a year. Yeah, I can yeah. think of a player called Keith Scott. Oh, yeah, He was yeah. equally impotent but, but, um, <laughs> at, uh, at Stoke. And I think uh, Sam Vokes just needs to go for himself as much as for Stoke. Yeah, I mean... I remember Keith Scott, yeah, well I don't remember, I, was, I think I was too young for Keith Scott, or was, no, no, no it would have been, yeah, because the best bit of business, I think of the 90s happened just after that, where we somehow squapped Keith Scott for Mike, Mike Sharon. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> that for me, it makes him worth it, then. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah true. But, yeah. but with Sam Vokes, I, I don't understand how he plays as a striker. Defenders have got better goal-scoring records since he's come Stoke. I mean, yeah, yeah. But you can only be fair to him in a certain extent that we don't seem to play the way Burnley... I mean, Burnley fans, he scored some great goals for Burnley and very important goals. We don't play the way that suits him and he doesn't play the way that suits us. I mean, I've heard some horrible things said about players in my time, but, you know, he's getting some horrendous nicknames now and... Whoever you are, it cannot do your already rock-bottom confidence any good at all no. for somebody to be shouting, bring on the wardrobe, or here comes Ikea. <laughs> it doesn't do you any good, does it? Or the, or the fridge. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was cold, that one. Um, <laughs> it was very cold, freezing. Uh, <laughs> he's got to go, uh, and I wish him all the best. Peter Etterbo, now you talk about the being a player in Ince, there is a player in Peter oh, Etterbo, yeah, yeah. but he's either he or his agent, I think, have burned his bridges at Stoke because it's pretty clear that Michael O'Neill doesn't want him in the team. The thing is with, with yeah, I agree with your folks, the quicker we can get rid of the better, and apparently it could be happening next week to Sunderland, Sunderland are desperate because their striker's gone. For me, though, with Peter Etterbo, I know, I know it's done, I know it's done, but it's such a shame because... He's that driving midfield that we've been crying out for for the last two, three seasons. He really has. He's such a good runner with the ball. He reminds me, he reminds me he's, to be honest, he's even better than Zonzi with the way he runs with the ball. It's a box-to-box. -box. He can literally pick it up deep and he's up the top end before you yeah, even he breathe. Did. He's absolutely fantastic player. And if Michael O'Neill could sort, you know, swallow his pride and talk to him and, and get him on side and, and go, come on, don't keep going out on loan and wasting your career. Knuckle down and the, and the success will come. 
Because I think this is the problem with a lot of them when the agents go, yeah, but we've got a deal here, we've got a deal there. The fact is, if he stuck down and went, right, I'm going to I'm going to graft and I'm going to get Stoke in the Premier League, he gets what he wants anyway. Yeah, and absolutely. I, absolutely. I, we've touched on, we've touched on um, comments and we touched on Lee Gregory. Uh, Lee Gregory, to me, has always been one of those nearly, nearly strikers who just manages to miss good chances. I... I He's hard-working bloke, but I think he should go, don't you? Oh, yeah, as soon as possible. The, pre the thing is with Lee Gregory, he's a top League One player, and he's like Robert Earnshaw when, when he tried getting the Premier League. He's just he's just not good enough for this level. He's got great touch, great... To be honest, at times, you look at his feet, you think, bloody hell, what a player he could be. But yeah. he can't score, and that's the biggest problem with him. It, like, he'll chip... Like, if you watch the way he plays, the goals he scores, it's like he missed kicks him. <laughs> and then they creep in. <laughs> That's the thing with Lee Gregory. I mean, to be honest, as a player that we got for notes, you look at it and go, you know, who cares really? If if he goes, he goes. Well, we didn't get him for notes. There'll be a big signing on fee. Well, yeah, there'll be a signing on fee for coming for nothing. But at the end of the day, if we can get rid, we get rid. Yeah, yeah. The, at the end of the day, now with all these players, because we've got so much dead wood, or we've had so much dead wood for a long time, because it's been it's it's like an accumulation of five managers' bad rubbish that's been here for long terms. Yeah. And uh, from what I'm hearing, that Tony's sort of having a step back, stepping back a bit for this Aldridge to have decisions. From what I mean, I don't know how true that is, but if that's happening, it seems to be working now. The signings that are coming in now. All the players that are changing, there is a, a positive. The only, the only thing for me is now that the midfield at Stoke needs sorting. Everything does need sorting eventually, but it's going to come at a different time, isn't it? It's going to, it's going to happen eventually. Where, But another question that someone put to me about it is, would you let Joe Allen go if the opportunity come in? Yes. Yeah, I'm the same, yeah, without a question. Um, there's, there's two schools of thought, really, on Joe Allen. He's a bit like Marmite. People either think he's great and you should build a team around him, or, or you, a lot of people think he's the reason of the demise of Stoke. I'm between the two, actually. I think sometimes he's played well, sometimes he hasn't. But for me, I think it's time to let him go if somebody will take him. And, I, and the only clubs that I think will take him in the Premier League are those that have just gone up. So I would let him go. And there is a player we haven't mentioned, you know, so far, and that's Jacob Brown. What uh. do you think Jacob Brown's standings in the team's going to be this year? Because... In my opinion, there's nobody that puts in more effort than Jacob Brown. Not a soul tries harder than him. Um, and I think he's worth persevering with as a backup striker. <sighs> you might not like this, then. <laughs> you don't like him, I can tell from the side. Um, I'd loan him out. Would you? I'd, I'd loan him out, I would, Jacob Brown. I'd loan him to maybe a team that's just come up or maybe a Luton or something like that. If, if we can get a team that's got the championship, no drop or anything like that, it's got to be championship. Because for me, I think he's at the stage now of his career where he needs a run as either a right winger or as a striker where he's going to play a season. That for me is what he needs. Because at the moment, every time I look at him, he grafts, he works. But... There's no quality there, and that's the problem. It's like we touched on Jordan. We did, well, we didn't really touch on him much, but Jordan Thompson is the same. Where he works hard, you can see there's something about him. Yeah. But he needs to play, and yeah. for me, because their age is like you know coming on to like the mid twenties now, they need that football. 
And for me, this is make or break for both of them players where if both of them could go out on loan and get first team football in the championship, a team that's come up or whatever, and then impress, then we bring them back next season and we've got two completely different players. Players that could even make it to an high level. Because from what I saw of them last season, Brown, Brown graphs, but there's nothing there. If you play him up front, he's not going to score. Let's, let's put it this way: How many goals in a season would you think Jacob Brown would score if you played him up front now? Yes, no, that's very true. But then there aren't too many players I would say you'd get into double figures if you put them in the Stokes years at the moment that's in the team. So I, I take what you're saying. I just, I just think there's something there in terms of the way he works. But if you if you're not going to have him as a backup striker and we don't get anybody in, I mean, people are talking about this Keenan Davis, is it from Villa? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, to me, he just looks a big brute of a player, and, and I not heard anything brilliant about him, not heard anything bad. But uh, we have got another player that made a debut for Stoke last season that everybody was saying, "Bring him on, bring him on," and that's Christian Norton. Do you think he'll stay, or do you think they'll put him out on loan as they have done with Connor Taylor? To be honest, I think he'd be out on loan. I do. I mean, this from everything I'm hearing about this Dion Charles. If that happens, and I know it's a big if then these players need football. And if we bring Dion in, then obviously he'll be first choice. Fletcher's going to be back up. And then if we do get Delap on loan, I know it's a lot of ifs. So if we're looking at it from ifs or what we are now. There's always going to be ifs, isn't there? I mean, we we this bloke's rated at two million quid, this this guy that you're talking about from Accrington. What happens if, if we purchase him, right? And he scored 20 goals last season. And he's, I think as he played once for Northern Ireland. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know they signed him from Southport. I know that. But what if he doesn't work and we've wasted our two million on that? You're always going to have those ifs and buts, aren't you? Oh, yeah, you're always going to have ifs and buts. Because the biggest one I remember was Chris Greenacre. But yeah. The, yeah, you're always going to have ifs and buts. But I think with this system that we're, where we've been doing things... I think we have been getting players through analytics that do suit Michael O'Neill. Yeah, um, well, that's what Alex Aldridge was brought in for. Yeah, and that's that's what I think I'm doing. So my positivity is if we get this Charles, he will do the business. If not, Fletcher's back up top, isn't he, Because <laughs> the thing is with Fletcher, you know what you're getting, but the problem is he's injury prone. It's getting him consistently fit. That's the problem. I mean... I do like Norton, and if, if we don't if we don't make any more signings, then yes, I'd keep Brown and I'd keep Norton, and and, and I've put Norton as a third choice and Brown as a backup to Fletcher. Obviously, that's what I'd stick with. But if that's the case, we aren't going anywhere near the playoffs, in my opinion. Simple as that. Do you think they'll get anywhere near the playoffs? It depends on the signings. If if we look at the squad now, no, no, it's nowhere near good enough. Probably, I'd say ninth, eighth, or ninth. If we if we avoid serious injuries, um, do you think Hibs, uh, Did you think that um, Huddersfield's squad was good enough last season? No, but they got near the playoffs. I know they got near the playoffs, but I know that they're, they're missing a goal scorer. Simple as that for me. Um, yeah. And I can remember they bought some real rubbish. I mean, they got that Omar Nias in and and really killed themselves around January. The the model the model it surprised me and really did surprise because I haven't had them down as rock bottom last year. I'm not afraid to admit it, which was Barnsley. But literally every signing they made improved that team. I've never seen anything like that, where every single signing improved that team. Even the, the new signings coming off the bench were nicking goals. Like their backup striker scored nine goals last season. Yeah, and they're still in the championship. 
Yeah, oh, I know that, yeah. But, but and that's the worry. That, that's the, that, again, brings you back to how tough it's going to be when you look at the likes of Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield, Bournemouth, Cardiff and Huddersfield, all with um, financial, with, with the parachute payments. The only hope we've got is they uh, peed up the wall like we did for several <laughs> years. <laughs> that's the thing, yeah. I mean, look, looking at it, though, Fulham I don't trust. I think we're going to like, talk about the teams that have come down and, and all that lot, like... Fulham, West Brom will be up there anyway. We know that without yeah. even thinking. West Brom will be right back up there because they've taken Barnsley's manager as well. So, and he's been brilliant his whole career from what I've read about him as well. So, but he won't even bother Barnsley because they've got a, they'll have a, they would have already had a replacement before that manager even left. The thing is, if we look at the, the teams that have come down, like as we, we know, West Brom are going to be around there. I think Fulham will because they'll throw money at it like they always do. And who's the other one who came down? What, last season? Yeah. Sheffield United? Oh, they'll crumble. They'll crumble, they will, Sheffield United. See, I don't think they will. I, I think that was a, a really bad season for a whole host of reasons, but um, I hope they do. Because um, <laughs> the one thing about the football we watched last season, and most of it was watched on stream, we know that, is that on any given day, any team could beat anybody else. And, and I still think that will largely be the case this season. And if Stoke don't have... Right up until we had the major injury setbacks, Stoke were in the mix. Yeah, they were, You yeah. know, you look, you look at the, the dreadful decision we had at Watford when Angus Gunn was knocked over the line and then um, one or two other matches we, we played, we could have gone second at one point in the league table. And I do think the injury to Tyrese Campbell uh, was far more costly than just the injury to Tyrese Campbell because I do think we'd have been in the mix. And there's nothing now to say that if we... It's impossible to play replace Tyrese Campbell, we know that, because A, we couldn't afford the money, and B, he's a bit of a unique player. Um, but I, th I think that if we um, get another striker in, then we could, we could be... I'm not saying we're going to go up, but I think we could be around the 8th, 9th, 10th mark pushing for the playoffs. Anything less than that... I think is uh, is not very good. But Stoke will have wanted Michael O'Neill uh, to give them three years of stability, and that's what they'll be wanting after the the nightmare of um, of the last the last couple of years transfer windows. Are we playing Hibs in a uh, Hibs are coming down to England next week because I think they're doing a training camp before they play whatever their their qualifying matches in the. Um, in the Champions League or whatever it is or the Europa League I forget which one it is but that'll be interesting to see how we do against the team who are obviously going to be a couple of weeks ahead of us in terms of their training because they're going to be starting a bit and it'll, a bit earlier and it'll be interesting to see how we set up for that and what our team is and how we're going to play because he still has a preferred shape a, a way he wants to play but I'm still not sure we've got the personnel to do it yeah, yeah, that that is one of the major. I think that was probably the major problem last season as well as is that they changed this system because the way what he play and we just simply didn't have the players for it. But I think now with Alfie Doggerty and obviously maybe a right wing back coming in, there could be improvements. It'd be interesting to play Bernie because you know we're Bernie and are a team that's not good but not terrible either in Scotland aren't they I think they've qualified for the conference, this new conference that's league it, thing. Yeah, that conference thing yeah. whatever it is so it'll be yeah. interesting to play a, a team that's 
in in the mix of it. They won't qualify for it, but it's good to see being around a mix of that kind of calibre team. It's it's all about fitness at the moment, isn't it? It's just trying to get them up to speed, get the new players involved, and try to mainly get them up to speed quicker than the rest. I think there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be like last year training on their own with a, with basically a, one coach out of the way to try to keep them keep them to themselves. I, I, I still think there's a lot of business come yet. I think what Stoke are trying to do, I think they're trying to get as many out the door as fast as possible before they can start bringing in. But I think I think it, that's right, and I and I also think that. Um he says that he wants, for example, he wanted Klukas to stay, which I think would be good, um, and, and he wants Alan to stay. But I'm also wondering that, look, every player at Stoke will have a price. Even Harry Suter will have a price. Every player every year has a price at a football club. Um, but there are, if, if he's not that bothered about Alan and Klukas, for example, then it would mean he would have to get replacements in before he let them go. I think it's going to be far more difficult to do that than, than people realise at the moment well I mean to be honest in my opinion I think um, they've, I think they've already replaced Klukas in my opinion with Varanchis yeah um, so who's going to replace Obi McCall then well Obi McCall I think that's the problem I think I, I don't know if there are you know is it Mendy from what I'm hearing or is it somebody on loan I, I think there's I think like I say there's I think there's a lot to come in, yeah, because there's so many players that have gone. I mean, I think it's 10 now, isn't it? and could be by the end of next week, 12 players. So there's, yeah. a, there's got to be some players coming in. You know, John Obi McCall was a bit of a surprise. It came out of nowhere. I don't think there was many people complaining about it, but it did happen. And they moved fast within three days. Varanchis was through the door. So, you know, we can't sit here and complain because I think they are moving. I think there's a plan in place. From everything I'm hearing, there is a plan. I think Michael O'Neill's been very clever in what he's come out and said, where he's been downbeating everything and we're looking at free transfers and loans. But I think there will be a bit of money spent because of the Collins deal. Because if, if the coach family can give Michael O'Neill that money, they will. We, you know as well as I do, they will. Yeah. The unfortunate thing, of course, is that the financial fair play is, is stopping that happen. But I think it's a big couple of weeks, probably a big week for, for incoming and outgoings. And... I do feel that Vokes will be gone this week and if Vokes is gone this week then we do ne desperately need that backup striker and maybe that's what's holding everything up um, I don't know, has anybody come in for Gregory? Um, there, there has been links, well strong links to Huddersfield Town, um, apparently South not South Ends, they're gone now aren't Swindon have gone up is it? So yeah. somebody down there has been interested in him. I know Huddersfield's closer to where he lives as well. Cause I think he's a Sheffield lad, isn't he? So yeah. I think he'd be desperate. I think he's just desperate to get away as well. So I think if an offer come in, he'd jump at it anyway, whatever happened. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Gregory could be done by probably the end of the window. I think Vokes definitely will be done next week because Sunderland are desperate to get Vokes at this moment in time. And there's even talk it might be permanent. So they if that can happen to be honest I'm, I'm gonna i might even start drinking again if that happens do you think we could do a swap with etabo for the out of contract Lionel messi well the, the talk is i mean there's been a heavy talks about Lionel messi that he wants to come and finish stoke loner off so you know if he comes he's he's got big shoes filled from bowie and auntie really yeah but he, he you know i've got to get in he couldn't do it on a cold wet night at stoke yeah. you know now he's proven he could, i'm sure he could by the way but um <laughs> When you when you look at um, 
you mentioned names there of, uh, of, of players gone days gone by it really has been a huge fall from grace oh yeah, yeah. and um I know that many times before they said lessons have been learned. This has got to be the biggest and most painful lesson for the family. And again, I'll say it. It's all right saying the multimillionaires, billionaires in fact. It still must hurt to watch all that money disappearing down the toilet. Oh, I don't care who you are, it's all relative and... If I'd lost 100 quid, I'd still be seething about it. So when you multiply it by many, many hundreds, (laughs) it must be really soul-destroying. And um, I I, I was speaking to somebody last week that's no longer at the football club. In fact, I'll tell you, it was Mark Cartwright, uh, who's now in America. And the one thing Mark Cartwright said, which resonated with me, is that um, under no circumstances should anybody think that anybody other than the managers uh, purchased the players at the football club and the biggest respect he had for the Coates family was that even if they did not think those players were the right players they still bought those players and let the manager have what he wanted now I can think of one manager in particular that that would have stopped me ever doing it again but it didn't they carried on yeah, yeah. so it must be very difficult for them now knowing that they can't do financial fair play but my god I hope they've learnt the lessons and I do think uh, Alex Aldridge uh, is starting to have an impact that and again you have to look at the uh, academy teams and the likes of Gareth Owen and all the staff working in there um, who've now got players coming through that system you talk about the golden generation of England I think we're now at a golden generation, the golden generation of Stokes under 23s because we've talked about Connor Taylor, Eddie Jones, Christian Varian, um, Will Forrester. We've talked about those players coming through. Tyrese Campbell, okay, he wasn't a died in the wall, Stokey, but he came through the academy. You've come a long way since the like of Tom Edwards and before him, the, the two fullbacks. Dicko and Wilco, it's now there's a far bigger line of progression and that's, you don't, you mustn't forget that because I think we're getting to the stage now with COVID and with the financial fair play rules where there isn't a great deal of money swimming about in football that the under 23s are going to be um, really important to Stoke for some time to come. Yeah, I agree with that. And thanks for doing the podcast then Ange. Um, I know you've got to go, but thanks for coming on to the podcast. I hope you've had a good birthday. I'm not going to ask your age. I am a gentleman. And, <laughs> and I'll, I'll... you could have. He's more than your fingers and your toes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that, Lange. And I'll let you thanks, go. I hope it was okay. Yeah, it's brilliant, that was. Don't thanks See for that. See you soon. See you soon. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. So there's another one done. If you like the podcast and you liked it, make sure you go on Instagram and put in the Potters podcast. You'll find us quite easily. Make sure you go on Twitter as well and just put in the Potters podcast you'll find us quite easily also as well do it on Facebook and if you want to get more involved with us here at the Potters podcast get yourself on the Potters group page there's a quick question who's your favourite player it's not an hard one get yourself on ask the question 
If it's a Stoke player, you get in. If it's Gareth Bale, you don't. It's very simple, very easy. If you're also a part of the group page, make sure you invite your friends, get them involved, get them on the Stoke page. Anybody who's welcome and anyone can get on and talk about Stoke. So thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best. <laughs>